Happy New Year, and welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Coming up today, we start a brand new series called Uphill Habits. As we kick off another new year, we are reminded in this series that in order to accomplish our goals and resolutions, it's going to require an uphill climb of developing the habits we truly desire. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message from our lead pastor, Jason Rollins. My name is Jason. So glad that you are joining us at the first of the year. You're kicking off the year in the right place. It's going to be good today. I'm excited. I hope you're excited, too. If you're just checking us out, buckle up. It's going to be good, all right? All right, good stuff. Well, hey, we're starting a brand new series in here because it's a new year. We're starting a, a new series in here called Uphill Habits, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I think it's great because at this time of year, you know, everyone's thinking about change. Everyone's thinking about maybe some resolutions. Maybe you're thinking those things don't work, and that's not for me, Pastor. So I'm out of here today. Well, sit tight. The doors are locked. You can't leave. But um, but I think if you talk, if you sit down and we talked, I think all of us. We all want a little bit of change in our life. You know, we look back on our year and say, okay, maybe that year was great, maybe it was horrible, whatever your thought process of 2018 was. But we can look on this next year, 2019, and, and hopefully that you're a little optimistic. Hopefully there's some things that you want to do differently than maybe you did in 2018. And I saw this quote the other day and I thought it was so good. It says, We are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do. I think all of us have heard the definition of insanity, and it's doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I was just thinking as we get into this series in this year, you know, I think a lot of us want change, but we're not really willing to change the habits that accompany our behavior and things that we want to go along with, our, the change that we really desire in our heart. Like, like we just have the same kind of habits, we do the same kinds of things, and we expect things to be different. And I just believe with all my heart that if we want change in our life this year, that we're going to have to change some of the habits, some of the things that we're doing in order to accomplish the person and the dreams and the desires that maybe God's placed inside of each and every single one of us. It was so funny. The other day I was at my, my daughter's seventh birthday. I can't believe my little girl is seven years old. I told her, no boys are ever invited to your birthday party. That's just it. That's just dad's rule. But anyway, uh, so she's, we're at her seventh birthday party. Have you ever been to a little kid's birthday party before? It's, it's insane. It's crazy. There's like, there's no order. It's chaos. It's, it's just like, like, it's nuts. Like kids are running crazy. There are just things everywhere. There's presents, stuff, mess. It's just crazy. And one of my favorite parts about about my, my daughter's birthday party is when we turn off the lights and we get the birthday cake and we bring out like the candles and we sing happy birthday. I just love it because she gets the biggest smile on her face. It's all about her and she loves that. She loves me some me. You know, she loves herself. Come on. And, and so she's just, the, the candles are sparkling in her eyes, you know, and she's got the, the biggest thing and then it's like, okay, happy birthday to you. And then she blows out the candles candles. Have you ever seen a little kid blow out birthday candles before? Air is not the only thing coming out of their mouth, okay? 
Okay, and I'm like confused. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're gonna feed this cake to all of our family and friends right now. This is great. And I've seen adults year after year eating cake that is full of saliva from my kids. And it's like, oh my gosh, no thank you. I'll have some broccoli. Like that's, uh, that's, that's not for me today. It's always funny to me. I, I'm always confused and I laugh at that moment. But there's another moment that I think about that is always hilarious too in my mind. And that is the whole idea of blowing out the candles and making a wish. Make a wish. I remember back when I was six, turning six years old, my parents threw a birthday party for me. And I invited all my friends. And I actually got to invite this girl from my kindergarten class that I, was, I had a crush on. Her name was Amy. And I invited her. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Amy's here. You know, I made sure I wore my best little birthday outfit. I'm, like, excited that she was there. And... And, and I remember it, was, it came time for me to blow out the candles. You know, I made, I made a wish. You know, my mom leans into me and she goes, she goes, honey, did you, did you make a wish? And I'm thinking in my head, I didn't say it, but I'm like, yes, I made a wish. And my wish was that Amy would be my girlfriend, that she would give me a kiss by the end of this birthday party. Come on, like, I, I was an early bloomer. What can I say? I don't know. And so... I was like, but, you know, that didn't happen, unfortunately. And I just looked at my, my mom and I said, you know, yes, mom, I made a wish. You know, yeah, that, sure, I sure did. But I was thinking about this, you know, if we're not careful in life, you know, some of our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations, they can end up just like a birthday wish. Because I've never met anybody in my life who said, oh, my goodness, pastor, you want to know the game-changing moment in my life? When it all changed for the better, you want to know when it was. It was that birthday wish. When I, when I was turning 26, when I was 40 years old, it was the birthday wish. Oh, my goodness. That was the moment that changed my entire life for the better. Oh, my God. Like, nobody says that. Like, I don't know what, where the history is of birthday wishes. I'll have to do some research. But it's like, oh, my goodness. And we all kind of have this mindset of, yeah, make a wish, sure, but it's not going to happen or it's just, a, it's just a wish. If we're not careful, if we head into this new year, 2019, a lot of our hopes, our dreams, the things that maybe God has placed deep down inside of you to accomplish this year, if we're not careful, our hopes can end up just like a birthday wish. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to write this big idea down for this message, this series, and hopefully all of 2019. We got one theme for the whole year. Here it is, and it's simply this, is that a hope without a plan is only a wish. A hope without a plan is only a wish. Like I said earlier, we, we have these hopes and these dreams and these wishes, but we're unwilling to kind of change the habits that go along with our life. And so we want things to be different, but yet we're still living the same lives. And so we're saying, okay, I want things to be great. I want things to be different. You know, um, New Year's resolution, here we go. But, but they don't work, Pastor, because I just go back to the same person I was. I, get, I hit the gym for two weeks, and then I'm back eating pizzas and ice cream. Come on, like, like I, I want this to be different in my life, but it's just a few weeks, and I go back to the same person. Maybe it's because we're trying to be different without a plan. We're trying to have hopes without a true plan in our life to help us achieve the hopes and the dreams that we want. We're calling this series Up hill habits because I think in life a lot of us just gravitate to what's easy. We just want to do the easy things, what's comfortable, the least amount of effort, least amount of resistance is the pathway I want to take and so that's great. 
But if you really want change in your life, there's a lot of things that are actually going to be more of an uphill climb than, than, than a downhill roller coaster. So if you're taking notes today, another big idea that I want you to write this down, and that is most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. We've got uphill hopes, but then our habits are all just downhill. So let me ask you a question today, and hopefully you can chew on this during the whole message and think about it. And it's simply this, and that is, who, who do you want to become? Like, who is the person inside of you that you truly want to be? Maybe you are that person, and if that's you, great. Like, you're a model to all of us. We want to be you. But I think a lot of us in this place, we have these desires and dreams and these aspirations to be somebody else, be something different, and yet there's these things that continue to hold us back. Let me say it this way. What are the dreams the desires, the aspirations, the wishes, the hopes that, that you say, I wish I could do this. Well, what are those things in your heart that maybe nobody even knows about, but they lie dormant inside of your heart thinking, man, if I only if I, could, if I could do this. I wish I could. What is it for you? Is it, I wish I could get out of debt. You know, I'm overwhelmed by debt. I just wish I could. I don't see a, a way around this. I just... I wish I could do it. I just can't. I don't know. I wish I could uh, be physically fit. I wish I could do something different. I wish I could make time for the gym or do it, eat, eat better, whatever. I wish I had a deeper relationship with God. I just wish I could hear his voice. I wish I could take things deeper with him. I wish I could be a better parent. I, I wish I could be more disciplined. I wish I could be a better husband, a better wife. I mean, there's so many things that we can wish for. Who do you want to be in 2019? What is the, who's the person that God has placed inside of you? Because here's the deal. You know, a, a hope without a plan is just simply a wish. And I just believe with all my heart that over this series and the next few weeks, I want to give you some plans that are straight out of God's word. That if you apply them to your life in 2019, you will come back a year from today and look me in the eye and say, Pastor, I can't believe it, but everything is different now. My life is way better. I applied the things of God in my life. I had a plan. I worked the plan. And I can't believe what God has done in my life. I can't believe how far he's taken me. I can't believe it. My life is completely changed for the better because of God. And so I'm going to give you a few things today that I believe with all my heart, straight from God's word, I try to do these in my life every day that, that help me become the person that, that God is calling me to be. But I need you to have a little bit of hope this morning. I, I need you to have a little bit of hope. I think sometimes we can walk into to things and New Year's and resolutions, goals, and we can just say, oh, pastor, you're so nice and encouraging up there, but you don't know my situation. You don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. I'm just going to end up the same person I always have been. Woe is me. And, and it, listen, if that's you, I love you, but let's just put the Winnie the Pooh Eeyore mentality aside for just, you know, just another couple minutes, and, and let's, let's, let, let's let a little bit of hope in. Let's let a little bit of hope in our lives. Maybe you need a little bit of hope for your marriage today. Maybe you need a little bit of hope for your finances. Maybe you need a little bit of hope for your direction, your career, your dreams, your aspirations, the, the things that are occupying your time. Maybe you just need a little bit of hope today. And I believe with all my heart that if you give God just a little bit of hope, he can make a world of a difference in your life. I was rereading a, a story in the Bible the other day about Jesus, and Jesus one day, him and his 12 disciples, they were on a journey, and they stopped at this well to, get, to take a break. 
It was about noon, and so Jesus sends the disciples into town to, he says, I think there's a Jimmy John's or Cordoba somewhere over there. Can you all just go get us lunch? And so the disciples go get lunch, and Jesus is left there by this well all by himself when all of a sudden this woman comes out of nowhere to, to get some water from this well. And Jesus begins to strike up a conversation with this woman, and, and he asks her, hey, you know, can you please get me a drink? I don't got nothing to draw with. You know, the water is deep. Can you, can you get me a drink of water, please? And, and this woman is shocked that Jesus would be talking to her. Back in those days, men and women really didn't talk to each other in this capacity. Plus, Jesus was a Jewish person. She, this woman was a Samaritan. And back in those days, Samaritans and Jews hated each other. It was the biggest racial divide that was happening in the land of Israel at this time. They just did not like each other. And I love it because Jesus breaks through any racial barrier, gender barrier comes right to her because he realizes there's a, there's a person here on the other side of all these barriers that needs me, that needs love, that needs grace, that needs mercy. That's what I love about Jesus. He breaks through all those barriers and he begins to have a conversation with this lady. And through the conversation, he already knows this because he's God, but this lady, she's hopeless. She's completely hopeless. She's, she's a relationship nightmare. She's had five different husbands. The man that she's living with at this time was, was not her husband. It's just, things are just going crazy in her life. And Jesus looks through it all, and he says something to this woman that I think is for somebody in this room today. As I was preparing the message, I just felt like God was saying, this right here is for somebody in church this morning. And in John chapter 4, Jesus says this. It says, Jesus answered her, if you knew, I love that phrase right there, if you only knew, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Let me just say this. He goes, he says, if you only knew who you were talking to. He's like, if you only knew what I could do in your life. If you only knew the power that I have that I could give to you because you're my kid and I love you. And I would say this to somebody in this room today. If you only knew the God that we're talking about. Like if you only knew what he was capable to do in your life, if you gave him complete access to every area of your life, if you only knew what, what could be possible, if you only knew what God could do in your life, if you gave him everything, if you only, you wouldn't want anything else. This woman, later, she's like, man, I don't want any other water, man. He's got the water that I need because it's living water. It's different. It, 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 it breaks everything that I thought I wanted in my life, but actually it fulfills fills me in a deeper way. And, and that's what God wants to say to somebody in this place today. You may feel hopeless. You may feel like your, your career's a wreck. Your marriage is a wreck. Your situation's a wreck. Your, whatever your life is, it just feels hopeless at times. And God would say to you, man, if you only knew, if you only knew what he could do in your life, if you only knew, if you gave him everything, if you only knew, your life would be completely different. We have designed our church based around this concept. If you only knew, if you only knew, like if you got involved here, if you took that growth track that we talk about all the time, if you, if you got involved in a team, if you got involved in, in an area where you're serving and a part of this thing, if you, if you only knew, if you got involved in a small group and were involved in this place, if you only knew, if you did everything that our church is offering, ladies do that, that, that women's conference we're doing, if you, if you only knew what was possible and you, you jumped in completely and gave God every area of your life, you would come back in a year from today and say, oh my goodness, I didn't know, I didn't realize what was 
available to me. I didn't realize the life that I could have when I gave God everything. And Jesus looks at this woman and says, man, if you only knew the gift that was in front of you, if you only knew what was available. And I think that that is a word for somebody in this place today, that, that is for, if you only knew what God could do in your life when you give him all of your life. And so this next four weeks, we're going to be looking at habits that are straight out of God's word. They are straight out of God's word that if you apply them to your life, man, hope is going to rise in your heart. That, that, if, that you're going to have that, that moment where you look back and say, I can't believe how I've applied some things in my life. I've got a plan now. And I'm achieving things that are way beyond my own abilities. I'm achieving things I never thought were possible. Dreams are happening in my life that I thought were dead and dormant. But because of God and because of his faithfulness and because of who he is, oh my goodness, this year can be completely different. So I want to give you a few habits over the next few weeks. And today we're just going to talk about one habit, but I got a lot of points. So get your notes ready. Get your fingers ready. Text in church, but don't text, text. But give me, give me some notes today. And I promise that if you apply these to your life, you, your life will be different. Your life will be changed. And these are things that I try to do in my life every single day. So the number one habit, if you're taking notes, that we're going to talk about today, habit number one. Here we go. I'm going to, 2019, I'm going to focus on what I do first. I'm going to focus in on what I do first. This is a habit that if you apply to your life and you develop in your life, it will change you. Let me explain. All throughout the Bible, there is a principle in God's word, and it's from cover to cover, and it's called the principle of the first. It's a principle all about priorities. You, you can, whatever you do first makes a difference. I can tell a lot about a person based on what they do first. They're, they're, you can tell a lot about somebody, but there's power in what we do first. So I'm gonna focus 2019 on what I do first. How we're gonna do this, let me explain. Number one, this is how we do this. We Number one, I'm gonna put God first in my life in 2019. I'm gonna put God first in my life in 2019. I promise you, if you put God first in your life in 2019, your life will be completely different. If you focused in on what I do first, I'm going to put God first in my life, my life will be changed dramatically for the better. And you just try it if you don't believe me. I believe that with all of my heart. Now, let me say something that may sound a little harsh, but I'm your pastor and I love you, and I can say things like this. Okay. And that is simply this that, that, that God doesn't want to be second in your life. God does not want to be third in your life. He does not want to be fourth in your life. He doesn't want to be a side dish to your main course. He does not want to be, you know, on the back burner of your stove. God wants to be first in your life. Your life will never make sense until he is first in your life. There will be frustrations. There will be anxieties. There will be stress. There will be pressures. There will be all these things that are happening. And you're like, why am I feeling like I want to explode? Listen, when God's first, all of a sudden, something supernatural happens in your life. You have peace that goes beyond understanding. I don't get why I have peace. I should be freaking out right now, but I've got peace in my heart. When you put God first, it matters. Look what Proverbs says in chapter 3, Old Testament says this. It says, in everything you do, 
put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. I don't know about you, but I want to be directed by God this next year. Uh, I got a lot of ideas, I got a lot of thoughts, but I'm pretty sure the creator of the universe has more ideas and thoughts than I do. And I wanna know what he knows and I wanna be directed by him. And at the same time, I wanna be successful. I don't want my plans to fail. And so if, if I put him first, he says he's gonna help my plans be successful. I love that. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we put God first? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. Here we go, number two. Give God the first of everything. Give God, this year, 2019, give God the first of everything. Now here's the deal, I think a lot of pastors through time have used this to just talk about money. And they just talk about money because they wanna build bigger buildings, build bigger whatever, okay, and that's cool, and God, praise God for that, but, but listen, I think that this principle is way bigger than, than a monetary thing. I think it's way, way different, and I'll show you in Scripture. In the Old Testament, Leviticus, it says this, a tithe, which means a tenth, 10% of everything. So wait, wait, not just money. No, oh, no, no, God's saying no, everything. Everything, your thoughts, your time, your efforts, your finance, everything. Everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit or trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Look at Deut Deuteronomy says, it says, the purpose of tithing. Why do we tithe? What is that all about? Pastor, I don't know if I like it. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. I think I, we pastor one of the most generous churches on the planet. And because of your generosity, we've been able to do so many things throughout this community and globally. Because of your generosity, we've had a local and global impact. And it's amazing what a church in Rochester Hills can do. It's just so amazing. Like, I'm serious, like, like we've been able to help people in Detroit, Pontiac, right here in Rochester Hills. We're, built, we're digging freshwater wells in South America. We're building churches in South America to little congregations of people that just are meeting and having church under a tree this morning. We're helping build churches for them. We're building churches all over the United States through our church planting organization called ARC. We've planted almost over like eight, 900 churches already. It's just crazy. We've helped rescue young girls out of human trafficking through this organization. We support called 821 like there are so many things that we're doing because of your generosity but that's not the point of it all the point of it is to help us remember and to keep God first I'm going to give God the first of everything I'm going to give God the first of everything so how does it how do I break this down in my own life let me just share with you some things, how I do it in my life. You don't have to do it this way. This is how I do it. My wife and I have found this to be very successful. And so how we do it is this. Number one is that we give God the first of our year. The very first of our year. I'm going to give God the first of my year. What does that look like? What do you mean? Well, since the beginning of this church, and we're about to celebrate four years as a church in a couple of weeks. I hope you come back. It's going to be a great service. But listen, we... At the beginning of our church, we said, we're not going to do anything. And we're going to set aside the first 21 days to do a thing called 21 days of prayer and fasting. Like we're not going to go, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to plan. We're going to set the very beginning of the year, set it aside and dedicate it to the Lord. By the way, it starts today. We'd love to have you join us in this next 21 days where you can pray, fast, get closer to God. But the only reason why we do it, the only reason why is to say we want God to be first 
in our lives, before we get busy with the rest of the year and planning and all the things that go along with church life, we wanna put God first in our life. Because I don't know about you, but we desperately need God. I desperately need God in my life. I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not creative enough to do this thing without the presence of God, without the presence of something beyond myself. I'm not a good enough leader, I'm not a good enough father, I'm not a good enough husband without something bigger than me. I need God in my life every single day. And so we say, listen, we're gonna give God the first of our year, the first 21 days, we're gonna set aside and give it to God. We pray and then we fast. And now I know that when you hear the word fasting, nobody shouts and says amen. Nobody claps and says, preach, pastor, fasting, come on somebody. Like nobody does that. It's like, oh, pastor, that fasting thing, okay, that's a little bit too crazy. That's for you, pastor. You're the pastor. You do that thing, but I'm, I like food. I'm gonna eat my food and, and you continue to do that. Well, here's the deal. Let me tell you something. If you want the same thing you've always gotten, then just keep doing the same thing you've always done. But if you want change in your life, you want something different, I dare you to have some uphill habits and you'll begin to see something that's really changing in your life for the better. Let me tell you this, there's nothing that I can say, there's nothing that has helped me hear from God better than when I set aside time for prayer and fasting. I, God speaks to me clearer. Uh, it's amazing. I get more direction. I get more vision for my life. Uh, it's amazing what happens during fasting. So let me give you a quick explanation on fasting if you're unfamiliar with it. There's more information on our website, but listen, let me give you it in one minute. There's a couple different types of fasts that you can do, and I encourage you. They're all from the Bible. They're all equally as effective. The number one thing that you can do, number one, is called a complete fast. This is where you don't eat food for 21 days. You drink water, maybe you have some juices. A lot of people do this. I would recommend before you do this, check with your doctor, make sure you can do this, but it is very effective. It's an amazing spiritual journey that you can go on. You think it's like, oh my gosh, Pastor, I can't do that. Listen, it is way more doable than you could imagine. Another type of fast that you can do is called a selective fast meaning I'm going to remove certain types of food from my diet for 21 days. A lot of people do something called a Daniel fast. Daniel was a guy from the Old Testament where he fasted and removed meats and I think dairies and certain types of grains from his diet for 21 days. So he ate a lot of fruits and vegetables for 21 days. Great fast, very, very equally effective on all this. Other people can do a partial fast where they say, you know what, I'm still gonna eat my, my regular diet, but I'm gonna skip some meals. So uh, some people call it intermittent fasting, that's great. But I'm saying, I'm not gonna eat breakfast or lunch or, or whatever, I'm gonna skip some meals. And instead of eating, I'm gonna spend time with God. So I'm gonna take my Bible to work, I'm gonna take something where I can actually spend time with God and so I'm gonna focus in on God and I'm gonna have a, have a, have a partial fast. And this is one that I think everybody could do, and I think it's, it's equally amazing and equally as effective, and it's called a soul fast. A soul fast. And this one focuses not necessarily on food, but on what is happening coming into our mind and our emotions. So this would be something like, 
I'm going to fast social media for 21 days. And thank God, maybe some of us, women, that would be like life-giving to us. We just said, I don't care what my neighbor or my friend from high school used to, is doing right now. Like, I'm going to put Instagram, Facebook down for 21 days. Guess what? The world will be okay if you're not in the know. And, and you say, I'm going to fast this for 21 days because it, it just gives me anxiety. For some of you, maybe it's turning off CNN or Fox News for 21 days and just saying, you know what? I'm going to let that be for a little bit. Guess what? The world will still happen. The sun will still come up and come down even though you don't know what the news is saying right now. Maybe your soul needs that rest from all the craziness in our world today. And you just say, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back from that right now. Maybe at the same time, you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to, we're going to fast Netflix for 21 days. Come on, like, I'm going to stop binge watching my favorite show for 21 days. It's going to be hard because I want to know what happens next. But you know what? Hey, I'm just going to step back and, and I'm going to focus in on God for 21 days. Here's the deal. You, if, you, if you apply this principle to your life of fasting, prayer and fasting, It'll change you. It'll change you. you. You will hear from God. You need to hear from God. I mean, you'll hear from God. You, you, you'll connect with him in a greater way. It'll take your spiritual walk to a different level than it's ever been. You want what you've always had, then just keep doing what you've always done. But if you want something deeper, something better, try something different. So here's the deal. I say I'm going to give God the first of my year. But then I tell uh, my wife and I do this. We say oh, I'm going to give God the first of our month. We give God the first of our month. And so what that looks like for us, this revolves around like scheduling and budgeting. So at the beginning of the month, I have on our calendar, my wife and I sit down at the beginning of the month and we go over our schedule. We look at everything going on. If you're a married couple in this place, you will love this. It'll help you so much. You look at everything going on and you say, okay, what's going on in our schedule? Have we, have we scheduled God out of our lives this month? What does it look like right now? And at the same time, this is where my wife and I sit down and we send in our tithe, our finances, back to the church. We consider it an honor to sow back into this church, into this congregation and what God's doing here. And we look at it and we thank God for all that he's done and all that he's blessed us with. And it's so easy. We send it online and we just hit the button together and just boom. Thank God for what he's doing. And we, we, at the first of the month, that's what we do. And then at the same time, we had the first of the year, first of the month, but we do the first of the week as well. And it's something that by you being in church today, you're already doing this one. Come on, praise the Lord. Like, you're already doing it. And you're saying, you know what, I'm here, first of the week. Here we go. We're starting our week off right. I love it because the, the early church fathers actually moved like church from a, from a Saturday to a Sunday because they didn't want to end the week with God. They wanted to begin the week with God. I love that. And I would encourage you, don't just make it an hour on Sunday, but take the whole day. Take the whole day with you and your family or whatever you do, and just kind of take the whole day as a rest. Take the whole day as a time I'm connecting with God. I'm spending time, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to spend time with my family. We're going to do, I'm not going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to not going to, I'm going to say no to some of the sports games that my kids are all trying to get me to be a part of and, and, and you know, the, the athletic things going on. That's great and everything, but I'm just going to say, no, like Sunday's an important day. I'm just going to give it to God. And you may say, well, pastor, I don't know. You don't know the life we live. Like, like Sunday's a busy day. Like we just make it into church and then we got to get here. I got to open up the store. I got to work by, by two o'clock. I got to be here. I got to do there. I can't make it if I don't do something on Sunday. And I would say, really? 
really? I read this article the other day. It was so great because it blew my mind. Do you know what the most profitable fast food restaurant chain is in the United States? It's not Burger King. It's not McDonald's. It's not Subway. It's Chick-fil-A. Come on. Chick-fil-A per store is the most profitable franchise in the United States of America, and they're only open six days a week. They're closed on Sundays because they just said, the founder, he said, listen, we're going to take a day off, and we're going to give an opportunity for our employees to rest. If they want to worship, they can, but we want to make sure that we keep God first. Keep God first. The most profitable franchise. People are trying to come up, oh, this is why they're successful. This is why they're successful. I don't know. I think they're just saying, you know what? I think God can do more on six days than he can on seven. We're going to give God the first of our week. And then another thing that we do is number four, we, uh, we give God the first of our day. My wife and I, we give God the first of our day. What does that look like? And so before I reach for my phone and check Facebook and Instagram and find out what the world is going on, we just kind of stop for a minute and focus in and connect with God. What would your life look like? If let's just say the first 15 minutes of your day, before you got going, before you got off to school and got the kids to school, got to work, got to the gym, whatever your routine looks like, what would the first, what would your life look like if the first 15 minutes of your day you just spent connecting with God? What would it look like? What would 2019 look like? I think Jesus is saying again, if you only knew what was possible. If you only knew what I had available for you, if you only knew the life that I want you to have, if you only knew, what would your life look like? I, I, I believe with all my heart that everybody's got 15 minutes. Everybody's got 15 minutes. You can get 15 minutes early. You know, do you have to do it in the morning, Pastor? Well, no, you don't have to. There's not, this isn't a legalistic approach to this thing. This is just saying, what would it look like if you just said, I'm going to start the day off in the presence of God. I encourage people all the time, listen, if you don't know how to do this thing, uh, I call it the first 15. Give God for the first five minutes, spend time reading the, the Bible. Like grab the Bible, get a couple verses. You can read in the New Testament, Old Testament, something. Get a verse and just read it. Five minutes. And then spend five minutes maybe listening to a worship song. Maybe if your voice is ready in the morning, sing a little bit. I don't know. Like, like where you're just listening to some worship. And then spend another five minutes just praying, lifting up your needs, lifting up, you know, things that you're walking through. And you just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God the first 15 minutes of my day. Before I get going, before the craziness starts, what would your life look like? If you just said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the first 15. We have these prayer guides available for you today, too, as well, when you leave today. Uh, first service did, they were a little uh, greedy. They took a lot. But there are a bunch available out there. And... Uh, and these are available to you because I don't know about you, but I struggle sometimes in my prayer. And sometimes I'm, I'm praying and I start thinking about what's for dinner. And I'm like, especially during fasting times. And it's like, uh, you know, this is a great thing. We've just updated it. Lots of new material in here. Lots of great stuff. This is free for you because we want to help you on your spiritual journey. And we want to help you grow in your walk with Christ because it's so vitally important to the success. You want to have hopes and dreams. We've got to have a plan with it. Let's put this plan into action and say, God, I'm going to give you the first of everything. So God, I'm going to, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to give you the first of everything. Then number three, the last thing is this. I'm going to expect God to bless the rest. This is the principle of the first right here. I'm going to expect God to bless the rest. 
you you give God the first and then he multiplies the rest. It's in the word. I don't know how he does it, but he always does it. If I give God the first of my time, all of a sudden I get more done in my day. It doesn't make sense. It's like, oh my goodness, like if I'm giving 15 minutes up, I'm gonna be 15 minutes behind. Oh my goodness. Whatever the reason is, I don't know how he does it. When I give God the first of my day, he, I get more done throughout my day. When I forget it and I skip it and do something else, I'm, my day's a wreck. It's like, oh my goodness, people are emailing me, calling me, I have nothing gets done. I'm just like, oh my goodness, what a waste of a day. But when I give God the first, he multiplies the rest. When I give God the first of my finances, he, I don't know how he does it, he multiplies the rest. It's like, God, oh my goodness, you've blessed us. This is crazy, I can't believe it. When I give God the first of my thoughts, he, he, he multiplies it. I can even keep a notepad during my prayer time because thoughts just come more clearly and more vividly than any other time. And I'm writing down things as I'm praying because it's amazing how when I give God the first of my thoughts, he just multiplies it. Whatever you're doing today, I encourage you, give God the first. Give God the first of everything and expect him to just bless the rest. I love what Proverbs says, it's in the, in the Old Testament, Proverbs three, it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats to the brim over with new wine. He's saying, listen, when you take first, the principle of the first all throughout God's word, when you do it first, he goes, there's power in it. He goes, because I want, he goes, I want to be first in your life. I want to be first. So all these things teaches us to keep God first. And he goes, when you trust me, I'll multiply it. And you'll look back on your life and say, I can't believe that, that when I focus on what I do first, it makes the biggest difference in my life. And that's what I want for you. I want for you this 2019 to be a year that's different than any other year you've ever experienced because your habits, although they may be uphill, although they may be a little hard, it's an uphill climb, it's gonna change your life. And you're gonna come back here in a year and say, Pastor, I took your challenge, I did these things. I can't believe where my life is. If you only knew what was available for you, if you only knew the gift of God that is right in front of all of us, you wouldn't want anything else. He would be the only thing that you want. Let 2019 be that kind of year. Let's stand today as we close our message.